Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The freedom that comes from a life that is surrendered to the Almighty God. There is a freedom that is attached to a life that is totally given to the Almighty God. There's a freedom that is attached to a life that is not struggling, not fighting with the Almighty God. A life that says, your will be done in my life. There is a freedom that is attached to it, and that's what we'll be looking at this morning. We're taking our text from the book of Matthew 26. Matthew 26, we're reading from verse number 36. And the Bible tells us, When then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as as you will. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Which may I watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is the, the spirit is willing, indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went again, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh my father, if it's like, if, if this cup, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And then he came and found them as, found them asleep again, for their, for their eyes were heavy. Then he left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said unto them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinner. Arise, uh, arise, let us begin, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to draw your attention back to that verse number 46. In verse number 46, Jesus Christ said to his disciples, Arise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now, you will notice that in the previous verse of scripture, our Lord, number one, was deeply sorry, was sorrowful and deeply distressed. In verse number 37, he said, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. By the time you get to verse 39, the Bible said that you, the, the Bible tells us that he personally, he was now personally praying, he was praying earnestly beginning to pray earnestly. If the Bible tells us he went a little further and fell on his face and praying saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And in verse number 40, the Bible says he now urged his disciples. He said, pray, you know, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. And then finally in verse number 40, between now, in verse number 42 and number 44, the Bible tells us that Jesus traveled in prayer. In other words, he went the second time and he was praying and then came back saw them went back again in verse number 44 and he was still praying you see so he traveled in prayer 
But by the time you get to verse number 46, the Bible told us that the tone of that whole environment changed. The moods changed. The atmosphere changed. Our Lord, even everything about him changed at that point in time. The question is, what happened? What happened in verse number 46? What changed the sorrowful mood? What changed the eager tone and the earnest prayer? What changed the atmosphere of sorrow and distress that we saw in the earlier part of that, of that chapter? What happened between verse number 44 and verse number 46? What happened between that time? And I want to suggest to you that the first thing that happened between verse number 44 and number 46 was that there was a resolution that took place. A resolution took place. And by that I mean our Lord resolved that his ultimate sacrifice, you know, our, our Lord resolved the issue of his ultimate sacrifice on the, end of, on the altar of prayer. He knew that this was the path that God was going to take him to be able to pray, bring about the redemption. And he was able to resolve that at that particular hour of prayer. Number two thing that happened at that particular, between 44 and 46, is that you know, an acceptance took place. It's not just that he resolved that this is what is going to be. He also accepted the fact that there, there is no other way. This is the only way. Then number three, that surrender took place. So the first one was a resolution. I come to terms with the reality that I'm facing. Number two, I accept that reality. Number three, I surrender to that particular reality. And those were the things that happened. Because initially he was traveling. Initially he was worried. Initially he was heavy. He was distressed. But after he has settled it, after he has resolved it, after he has surrendered himself to the faith that God has given unto him, the next thing the Bible told us that the burden was lifted and he was ready to face the cross. So those were the three things that happened between verse number 44 and verse number 46. In other words, between those two verses, the Lord Jesus Christ settled his acceptance of the will of God. Number two, from verse 44 to 46, the Lord resolved the issue of the path to the cross. And then number three, between that verse 44 and 46, the Lord surrendered his will to the will of his Father. And because those things were taken care of, you find out that it was easy for him now to now move forward with that particular, you know, with the journey that is in hand. And I want you to listen very carefully at this point. Because this basically is the purpose of what I've been trying to talk about for the past couple of weeks. Because Christ confronted, because Christ dealt with the issue, because Christ settled the issue of acceptance, of resolution, and of surrender, you find out that he was not able to proceed on the path that God has laid for him. Why is that important? That simply means to us and is important for us because you cannot move forward in the path that God has set for you, set for your life, set for your ministry, set for your career. You cannot move forward in life until you have gone through the process of surrendering. You cannot achieve what God has purposed for your life until you have gone through that, that, you know, that, uh, that process of surrender. You cannot achieve the divine calling for your life until you have gone through that process of surrender. You cannot, you cannot see the freedom that comes with walking with the Almighty God. You cannot enjoy the liberty that God gives to you until you have come to the point where you say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Because as long as you are struggling with the Almighty God, as long as you are fighting with him, as long as you are debating with him, as long as you want to give him an idea and say, Father, why don't you consider this particular idea instead of going with your own idea? As long as you are still debating with God, you are not going to enjoy all that God has in stock for you. The freedom to live life as God intended depends on your willingness to go through the process of surrendering. That freedom to enjoy what God has for you. The freedom to live a life above sin. 
The freedom to enjoy the blessings of heaven. The freedom to enjoy the ministry of the angels. The freedom to enjoy the blessings of the spirit. It will not come unless you are willing to go through a period where you say, Lord, I do not dictate the term. I am not the one who is setting the agenda. I am not going to have my own way. I want you to have your own way. Until you come to that point, you are not going to enjoy all that God has in store for you. It's just like when you are driving a car. And as you are driving the car, you don't want to cooperate with what the manufacturer of the car has said the way to use the car. You want to do it your own way. There is a strong probability that you are not going to enjoy that car for very long. If it tells you that you don't drive on, uh, you, you know, you know those cars where you, if you are going on the mountain, you put it on the jet and it gives you a little bit of torque so that you can go up. If you want to drive on the freeway with that, you are going to destroy the engine. And the Lord is saying, unless you are willing to trust me enough to surrender, you will not enjoy the blessings of heaven. And the question is, what is this process of surrender that I'm talking about? When I say surrender, when I'm talking about the process of surrender, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the, the process of surrender is the series of actions, the series of steps that a believer takes before arriving at the point of saying, Lord, I hands off, I give up. Many of us go through that. Very only the people, anybody who sits here and says, the first time I receive instruction from God, I just signed off and I say yes. That person is either number one, did not receive any instruction, or number two, is simply lying. Everybody at one point in time who served the Lord, they had their own argument with God. God, you probably made a mistake. Probably you chose the wrong person. I am not that. Don't you know? Can't you see me? Ah, look at me. You have, no, you pick somebody else. Okay, that sister appears to be more fervent than myself. That one knows how to pray more than myself. This one is more, you know, is more outgoing. Is more charismatic. Choose that person. Don't talk to me. Everybody in scripture did it. So if you, the, the process of surrendering is the series of actions that, we, that a believer takes before arriving at the point where you say, Lord, have your way. The process of surrender is the process that a believer goes through before realizing that it is useless effort to fight with the Almighty God. It's a process you go through that you know that it's a waste of time when you keep arguing with the Almighty God. You can ask Jonah. Jonah will tell you that you are no point. No matter how far you run, he has a way of bringing you back. And that is why just as a caution, if you see somebody who is disobedient to the Almighty God, stay away from that person. Because at the end of the day, they are going to bring you problem. They are going to bring you problem. Because when the Lord is dealing with that person, so for some reason, some of those things will spill away. There will be a spillover. But that will not be our case in Jesus' name. The process of surrendering is the process that the believer goes through to be able to, before realizing that it is useless arguing with God. It is the process that each of us go through before we understand that it is better to cooperate with God than to start fighting with him. You don't want to have, you don't want to have God as your enemy. You don't want to. Because it's a battle that you will never win. The process is the process that an individual will go and say, Lord, I accept everything that you have in store for me. And this process is different from every individual. Some people get there quickly. Some people are so stubborn that the Lord will have to beat them front, center, back before they obey. There are some that they will have to just go and just fall on their face and say, Lord, I don't want to do this, but your spirit is convicting me, so I give up. So the process is different. The process, you know, the process is different from every individual, but the process starts, number one, after you have exhausted yourself. Yeah. Until you have exhausted yourself, in most cases, the Lord will just be watching you. When you are done, Talk to me because I'm still here. I think there's a story of those people who talk about the lifeguard. That when you see somebody swimming and they, are, you know, and they need help, he said, if you jump in there when they are still struggling, it's possible that the two of you will go down together. 
but you allow them to drink the water enough to make them tired not to kill them, just enough to knock them out a little bit before you jump into the water and pull them out. The same thing the Lord looks at you and allows you, you must come to the point of exhaustion, exhausting yourself before you can start that process. Number two, you must come to the point of resolution. When you say you come to terms with the reality of what God is calling you to do. The Lord is telling you this is what I want you to do. You can argue, you can run, you can hide. But at the day, until the day you are tired of running, you are tired of hiding, and then you now say, I know this is the Lord God Almighty. That's why the psalmist said, he said, where can I run from you? He said, if I go to the heavens, that's where you are. If I go under the earth, that's where your eyes are there. If I go anywhere, your presence is there. You come to term with the reality of what God is calling you to do. That's when you begin the process. Number three, you come to the point of accepting his will. It is one thing for you to come to terms with it. That this is the situation. It's another thing for you to accept the reality. Accept the will of God. And say, this is what you want for me. I accept it. And then, and then the next thing, there's the releasing of yourself from all inhibition. And finally, surrendering yourself. You stop struggling. Because you find out that there are so many things that God wants to do with us. But the thing is that you say, I give it all. You know the song that we sing, I surrender all. You're surrendering the rope, the chains of your life, the reins of your life to the Almighty God. But you are holding the chain again. You're surrendering your finances, but you're holding it back. You're surrendering your marriage, you're holding it back. You're surrendering your career, you're surrendering your life, and you are still controlling it. You are still debating with the Almighty God. The Lord is saying, if the process of surrendering will only work when you stop struggling. When you say, Lord, I give up. Take control. Have your way. And finally, the process of surrendering will take place when you do what? When you let go. It's another thing for you to say, okay, I surrender it, but I probably want to keep this part to myself. I like this part a lot. And I don't think I trust you enough that you can manage the space. You know, I think I can. God, I got this one. But the Lord is saying, no, if you want to get this thing done, you need to let go of everything. In other words, the joy of working with the Lord. The freedom of working with the Lord, the fulfillment that comes from working with the Lord only comes when you go through the process of surrendering. Many of us are experiencing hiccups in our Christian world. We are experiencing challenge in our life, challenge in the place of war because we are still struggling with the Lord. You are still believing that you can fight with him, that you can negotiate with him, that you can tell him, why don't you consider this? But the Lord is saying, stop, just stop. The Lord is saying, stop fighting. He said, until you stop fighting, until you stop struggling, until you stop arguing with me, until you stop trying to convince me that your way is better than my way, you will not enjoy the best of the things that I have in store for you. You won't. Because the Bible says, my ways are not your ways. He said, the foolishness of the Almighty God is even wiser than your most, your most elaborate, most well-designed, think tank uh, approved uh, process. He said, it's better than it. But many of us want to convince the Lord. And say, this way, I mean, God, I know you created the heavens and the earth. I know you are all wisdom. But I mean, have you considered this part of my life? I know I can handle this. Have you considered that we are living in America? Have you considered that we have to be politically correct? I mean, you consider all those factors, God. I mean, the day you dealt in the days of Abraham, those were 5,000 years ago. People were not, they don't have internet. There's no Facebook. You know, those are some of the things. But as long as you must stop trying to convince God that your ways are better. And I guess money. Our Lord Jesus Christ understood that. Jesus understood that for him to succeed at Calvary, he must surrender. For him to win the redemption of our souls, he must surrender. He understood that before he can travel to Calvary, he has to do what? He has to first of all go through that process of surrendering. And Christ knew that Calvary will not be possible until his will is totally under the will of the Almighty God. He knew that. 
That's why he said, not my will, but just be done. And the question is, what does it mean to surrender? That's the question this morning. What does it mean to surrender? But before we talk about what it means to surrender, we must understand what it does not mean, to, what surrender does not mean. Number one, surrender does not mean failure. The fact that you give up and you release your hands to the Almighty God doesn't mean that you are a failure. The fact that you surrender to the Almighty God does not mean that you are weak. The fact that you surrender to the Almighty God does not mean that you are going to use that as an excuse for not doing what you are supposed to do because you are lazy. I am tired of this job and because I'm tired of this job, I don't want to confront the issues of this job or to discipline myself to do what I need to do. I say, Lord, I surrender to you so that I can have an excuse to walk out of that place. No, that's not what surrender is all about. Surrendering is not an excuse for our lack of courage, our lack of discipline or our lack of willingness to face the challenges of life. That's not surrender. That is giving up. That is quitting. Okay. So surrender is not lack of courage. Surrendering is not giving up on life. When you look at life and you say, I'm not happy with what I see, I just give up. No, God has control. He knows everything. That is not surrender. That is not surrender. That is you just not wanting to confront the issues of life. So surrendering is not giving up. What then is surrender? Surrender, what does it mean? It means that you, it means you cease fighting the Almighty God. You just stop fighting God. You stop clenching your fist at heaven and saying, oh, it is my way or nothing else. There are people who believe that if they don't come to church, they are doing God a favor. If they do whatever they do, they are doing God a favor. Until you change that mindset, you are not yet surrendered. So surrendering means stop fighting God. Surrendering means that you stop resisting. You stop opposing. It means that you are yielding. It means you are conceding to the Almighty God. It means that you back down and say, Lord, I will no longer argue with you. I will no longer fight with you on this one. Surrender means that you have given the reins of your life over to the Almighty God and say, you know how to do this thing. You take control of it. Surrendering means that you relinquish control. It means you relinquish your right, your power, your direction, and all the things concerning your life, and you say, Lord, this is it. Do what you want to do with it. That's what surrendering is. It doesn't mean you are lazy. It doesn't mean that you cannot do it. It doesn't mean that you are running away from responsibility. It doesn't mean that you are not trying, you know, that you are not exerting yourself. It simply means that you are committing yourself into the hands of the Almighty God. Now, in this day and age, you will find that surrendering is a very negative term. You know, it has this negative connotation to it. Many find it extremely difficult to surrender or to cease, even within their marriages, even within their families. They want to have the last word. And many will rather die than to see the other person move ahead of them. They will rather die than to concede. They will rather die than to yield, than to surrender to the other person. And a lot of accidents that you see on the freeway, a lot of challenges you see in the marriages, a lot of frustration you see in the workplace, is because one person or the or both parties have refused to back down. They want to stand their ground. Over my dead body will I ever allow you to talk to me like that. I will never allow it. I must take my position. I have a right also. And by the time you are asserting your right, that this one is attacking your right, before you know what's happening, there's going to be chaos in the house. So a lot of the issues we face in the church, at home, at the place of work, is as a result of somebody refusing to back down. And if you put that same relationship and you bring it over to the Almighty God, you find out that you are going to have chaos with it. You will not be able to make progress. James chapter 4, reading from verse number 7, the Bible tells us, it says, submit yourself therefore to God. In other words, surrender yourself to the Almighty God. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I like the way the Bible always arranges words. The Bible doesn't arrange things anyhow. You will notice that before you can resist the devil, you have to first of all have been surrendered to the Almighty God. Before the devil will flee from you, you have to first of all be subject to the Almighty God. 
So you are not subject to God. You are not under his rule. You are not under his control. And you say, devil, I cast you out. He will look at you and say, what's wrong with this person? Eh? I've had over 6,000 years of experience of dealing with people like you. <laughs> I, know, I mean, you, you can't cast nothing out. Nothing will go anywhere. The mountains will not move. The Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is one verse that is very difficult for many to obey. You will find it extremely difficult to yield, to surrender to cease. If you do not know how what it means to walk with the Almighty God, what it means to surrender. The question is, why is it difficult for us as individuals? Why is it difficult for us as a group of people, as a family, as a church, as a society, as a culture to submit? Why is surrendering difficult? Why is it, why do we like to continue to fight with the Almighty God? To challenge His authority? To, you know, to be able to question His motive? To be able to try to say that, yes, I know better. Why is surrendering difficult? My brothers and sisters, surrendering is difficult because number one of our human nature. Galatians 5 verse 17 tells us, for the flesh lost after the spirit. In other words, they are always in opposition. Your spirit wants to do something because it's connected to the Almighty God. Your flesh is here, it's exposed to all that is saying, and your flesh is saying, no, this is where I want to go. So it now depends on how, who has control. With the surrendering is difficult, number one, because of our human nature. Surrendering is difficult because of our fear and our anxiety. The Bible makes us understand the book of Matthew chapter 10 verse 30. He said, but the hairs of your head are all numbered. He said, do not, do not, uh, do not fear therefore, for you are more valuable than the sparrows. In other words, the almighty God's got your back. All you have to do is to let go of that fear. Let go of that anxiety. But if you are not letting go, what you find is that if I give this one to the Almighty God, will he be able to take care of this? Will he be able to take care of that? And then you begin to analyze and begin to analyze and begin to analyze. And at the end of the day, you just say, no, God, I don't trust you enough to release this department unto you. And that is why you find that believers have difficulty surrendering. Why is it difficult to surrender? <coughs> it's difficult to surrender because of our, because of lack of humility and pride. And we've talked about it. When you think that you know better than the Almighty God, when you think you know better than how you know you can organize your life better than the Almighty God, why would you want to surrender to Him? Why would you want to give the control of your life to somebody you think that is not as smart as you? Why would you want to do that? And that is the way we treat the Almighty God. We treat the Bible as an as a book from antiquity as such. It doesn't relate to it doesn't relate to today. So why should I trust myself? Why should I trust my life to such a book? Why should I trust my life to such a God? So humility, uh, surrendering is difficult because of lack of humility and pride. Surrendering is also difficult because of ignorance. The Bible tells us, every one of us is familiar with the book of Hosea chapter 4. In verse number 6, the Bible says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In other words, the Bible tells us, say, eyes have not seen. It says, ears have not heard. It says, not that he will enter into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for his own people. But because you don't know, because you don't know what happened, you refuse, you, 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 you cut yourself off from the provisions of the Almighty God. Because you don't know, you, 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 you deny yourself of the things that God has made available for you. Many of us are not surrendering simply because we are ignorant. And then finally, many of us are not, are not surrendering because of what is called, because of what I refer to as the lack of eternal perspective. Isaiah 46 verse 10. The Bible saying, God Almighty is the one that declares the end from the very beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. In other words, 
Here is God sitting here above, above time and space. Looking over, seeing the things that will happen. And he's telling you, just go this way. This is where the action is. This is where the thing is. This is where the, pray, the breakthrough that you're looking for. The answer to your prayer. The, 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 the revelation that you're looking for. That particular victory. That particular promotion. This is the direction to go. And you say, no, this is the direction you want to go. And the Lord is saying, I have seen this thing from the end, from the very beginning. I know the end. Yeah. It's just like when you see a little boy and a little girl that are doing those things that they do it in the evening. And those of us who have already grown a little bit older, you can know the direction where this thing is going. You can tell the direction is going. And you are telling the little girl, say, girl, watch out for that boy. All those sweet talking, you know where it's going to end. But he said, no, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And at the end of the day, you find out that by the time he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. And the result comes, you know where it's going to end. Why do we tell you that? Because we have a larger perspective. Why does the Lord ask you to surrender? He's saying, because I see the end from the beginning. I know what is coming. I know how this thing plays out. I have seen it in which over 8 billion people. I've played the scenario over 8 billion times. I know how this thing turns out. And I'm telling you, if you are going to war, and that's why the Bible says they say there's a way that seems right in the eyes of the man. He said, but the end thereof is what? Is death. In other words, he sees the end. But because you don't see it, you find it difficult to Release yourself to the Almighty God. So difficulty is surrendering is difficult because of our lack of eternal perspective. See how difficult it is to surrender. Why was it then important for Christ to surrender to the will of God? Why is it important that you should surrender to the will of the Almighty God? Look at the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Reading from verse number 8. The Bible says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which has five loaves of bread, five uh, five barley loaves, and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was so much grass in the place, so, so the men sat down in numbers, about 5,000. Jesus took the loaf, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the, to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set, that, that were sat down. And likewise of the fishes as, many, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the dead fragment that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragment of the five barley loaves, which remain over and above unto them that had eaten. Now from this verse of the scripture you will see that until that little boy surrendered that which was in his hands, okay, the resources that was in his hand was limited. You get the gist? As long as that boy kept that two bread and, uh, sorry, five bread and two fish, or whatever the combination was, as long as he was holding on to that thing, you will find out that that, uh, that particular resource in his hand will remain limited. In other words, as long as your resources are still under your control, they will remain only resources. They will not become abundant. So, without surrender, why surrender is important, is important to say, without your surrendering, your resources, your talent, your time, everything that you have are limited. As long as you keep it for yourself, as long as you are the one managing it, as long as you are the one, it's still in your possession. The Bible is making us to understand that without you surrendering it, that particular resources will continue to remain limited. Number two. Why is, why is it important to surrender? It is important to surrender because if you look at that little boy, as long as he held on to those five bread and two fishes, he that all that those things will be. 
the five bread, the five bread and the two fishes will continue to remain five bread and two fishes as long as it's in the hands of that boy. But as soon as he released it into the hand of the master, boom, everything changed. The same thing. Your talent will continue to remain your talent. Your wisdom will continue to remain your wisdom. Your, your energy, whatever you have will continue to remain your, your, yours until you release it into the hands of the Almighty God. And as soon as you release it into the hands of the Almighty God, you find out that there is an explosion. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.